Yeah, folks, this is Robbie Berger here from Bob Doe Sports and the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Welcome to the Second Wind Podcast. The man, the myth, the legend. What's up, big dog? What up? What a compound we got uh, here. What's we got up, maximum bro? security for Rock How are you? I'm good. good. Bro, it's been too long, bro. It's been too long. Excited. The guy. We got the legend in the building. Wow. We got the legend in the building, man. Second Wind family, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Second Win Podcast with Gio and Jay Mills. Just want to say, like, we've been getting a lot of love, a lot of support, a lot of, uh, you know, just, it's been an influx of great energy. And yeah, we want to tell you guys, energy, like, we, we really appreciate it. You know, we're going to keep trying to bring you guys great guests with great stories. And with that being said, we have one of the funniest guys I've ever met, um, <laughs> literally ever met, one of the greatest guys I've met. Great host of the Brilliantly Dumb Show, host of uh, Bob Does Sports, Bob Does Sports, and you know, just an all-around great guy, Mister Robbie Berger is on the show today, brother. We appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you boys having me on. I'll try and keep that good momentum going now for you boys. I'll try and keep it rolling. Appreciate you. It's been so long since I seen you, man. Last time I saw you was what COVID, and we're in the house. Yeah, chopping it up, playing. I'm playing uh, cold cuts and FIFA and shit. We're in the hot tub, chilling, man. How's my man Cold Cuts doing? He's living large. He really is. He's doing a same guy. Like it don't matter if you don't see him for another ten years. He's always going to be the exact same guy. But yeah, we were talking even prior those times of COVID. We were hanging out a lot. It was like like every day. Yeah, as much shit there was in the world. It was still we were having the time that we had where we were all together. We were having a ball. Yeah, we really were. Cold Cuts was getting ready for. Do Oklahoma drills with oh, Saquon. God, man, that would have been the funniest thing <laughs> Listen, of, of all time. Cold Cuts and Saquon are like pretty different in terms of body type, but I don't know. Cold Cuts is a competitor, you know? Cold Cuts He's is a, a big gamer. <laughs> the thing I knew, if we, if we ever got that to go down and we got close, if as much as Saquon would have just buried him, Cold Cuts would have at least given it everything. Like he would have <laughs> gone. He shoestring tackle? <laughs> That's what we were hoping for. Maybe he you can like shoestring him or something, but like he would have gone 100% to where he would have at least laid out but obviously wouldn't have had a shot exactly crazy because the first time i met um you and cold cuts they tried to hustle me they were like yeah you know cold cuts is really good at fifa and i'm just like well i'm pretty good they were like well come on let's play i remember i beat him he beat me and then i'm pretty sure he beat me again but now nah, he's a he's definitely a gamer for yeah. sure. meanwhile great one was working all of us i thought i was gonna get him ah, mad at all of us. he was working us all i'm, a, I'm, I'm decent at the game. i'm decent i at keep the trying game. to tell people he's the gaming guy yeah <laughs> nah, i got buried by him Ah, I didn't want to bring it up. But yeah, 2K, no, 2K specialist right there. I did, yeah. <laughs> and Cuz hyped it up. He's like, Rob is really good, which I thought it was. And then he came in and he just buried me. I what, what were you good at? Madden. I'm a big Madden, guy. Madden guy. Yeah, I never got into really? like Call of Duty or any of that stuff. Madden, I always hit hard. And I thought that I had the sauce. And then I ran into this buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah, and then it was over. <laughs> so I feel like not a lot of people know like your background and your story. Um, like tell us how you were growing up and how it was for you. Yeah. I, um, I always loved like comedy and stuff like that. And I was always a ball buster, even with my friends and stuff and always Mm -hmm. just having fun. And, um, for me in, in high school, like academics, I, I was not good academically at all growing up. And I, I think my parents knew, like, at least he's got personality, like the academics just was not there for me growing up and, and whatnot. But I was always having fun, um, you know, always smiling and just enjoying myself. And, um, you know, as time kind of went on, I just kept pumping out content, 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 constantly, even through college and whatnot and documenting. Like I always 
for some reason, like, I always wanted to have a camera rolling and everything at all times and, like, to capture everything and, um, you know, to be where it is now and being able to do it full time is cool. But it was always something, like, if you asked any of my friends or whatnot, they would all probably tell you that I've said that this is kind of the field that I wanted to be in, even though at the time it wasn't really a thing. But, yeah, growing up, I was always uh, always having a good time. So you knew you always wanted that camera on you. Yeah, yeah, I just always wanted to document, like, I always wanted everything, like, every time me and my friends were fucking around, you know, you're always with your friends, and they always say, like, man, if we had a camera going, or yeah, people, like, we say that all, all the time. time, you know what I mean, like, if you always, and I was like, well, fuck it, you know what I mean, like, let's have a camera going at all times. Right. You never know what you document, and you never know what will go viral, what people will like, and, like, that's so smart. Yeah, and you all, I feel like every group of friends says that, because you always have these times that are just so goddamn funny, you always think yeah. to yourself, man, if I was filming that, or if I that was documented, <laughs> yeah, and I just, I, I always loved that shit, no, you know? That's, that's a fact, that's a fact, because we document, we, we do so much shit, and we never document it, and we always like, damn, like, if we had a camera. What if we got that, yeah. yeah. No, for sure. So, you, you know, you're a Jersey guy, and yeah. then you moved out here, what brought you to LA, because, you know, I'm from the East Coast, you know, just Jersey, and being from the East Coast, being from Connecticut, and being in LA is two different dynamics. So, yeah, like, what brought you out here? Total different world. I um, my cousin was working in in the hotel industry. You guys, I think we've been before the Peninsula. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, and he was the GM there, so he was doing really well. And I was always seeing the hands that he was shaking. I mean, you guys see, like when you mm -hmm. go into that hotel, you never know who you're gonna run into. Everyone's and, there. Yeah, I'm seeing all the connections that he's making, and hospitality was an industry where like. From a personality standpoint, you either just have it or you don't at mm -hmm. hotels. Like, you're either just good. It has nothing really to do with academics at all or, you know, <laughs> what you know, you know, grade-wise and whatnot. Like, that was always a thing. Well, I could always talk to people. So, um, I always wanted to be in hotels and kind of follow what he was doing. So, right. when I came out here, he was going to set me up in hotels and he ended up getting me in at the Four Seasons. And then from there, for me, I always knew whether I stayed in hotels or whatnot. My whole plan was that I was going to meet somebody through hotels that would take me into an entertainment avenue or mm. whatever it may be right. um, above, you know, whatever it was that I wanted to do in hospitality. Yeah, you already had that plan. Like, yeah, you already I'm going to do this. So you're working in hotels, right? You didn't you weren't doing the content creation full time. You were doing the hotel and the content creation. Right. right? Who did you meet that was like? Wow, I'm really meeting this person. Like this is this is awesome. It's a good question. I um when I so before I even came into LA, I was working in Miami at a hotel in Miami and I was a doorman there and my thing was I wanted to get from a doorman into the front desk. Yeah. So and then work my way up into the hotel and it was a hotel that had anybody and everybody, presidents, celebrities, athletes. A guy that I met, and he's had a rough, rough year to say the least, but a guy that I was always fascinated with because he had such a presence was Will Smith. And um, he stayed with us at the hotel, and I think he was filming Bad Boys 2, I want to say. Um, but the way he talked to people, he had such a presence. He was such a nice guy, and the simplest things that he would do or say would totally make somebody's day. And he, he cared about you, really. Did. So I was always inspired by him um, of just how much of a, just like a regular guy he was, even though he was living this completely you know, non-regular life. Um, so he was somebody that really, really, um, that was really cool for me to meet. But then when you meet him and he's that good of a dude, it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's very cool. So on the opposite side of that, who's someone that you met where you were like, eh, I'm completely unimpressed. There's, there's days where like, you always try and give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Like if you have a bad interaction with somebody like mind you, they're at the hotel, they might be having a bad day. Like right. you don't know what's going, you know, into them. Um, 
I had a interaction with Cam Newton. That was not to call the guy <laughs> out. And again, mind you, he might have just been having a bad yeah, day. You never right. know. You never know. So, like, that was one interaction. Um, but a lot of times with the hotel that I've, I've realized, like, you have a lot of the valet guys that have been there for years and years and years. And if they, and this isn't even for Cam Newton, but, like, for anybody, like, if they say that somebody's not a very nice person, they're usually right. Because right. they've had more than one interaction. <laughs> And then on the other end of that, they say that somebody's so great, they know because they see them all the time. Right. Can't think I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'd say he was having a bad day. We'll give Cam the benefit of the doubt. Um, so you went viral for heckling like Bubba Watson at Riviera. Yeah. Can you give us a little insight on how that happened and how your life has changed after that viral moment? Yeah. So I, my buddy, we were out here in LA and my buddy's like, you know, he was a big golfer at the time. And he's like, you know, you got to come out to Riviera and you got to see the tournament. I didn't, I wasn't really into golf. I think a lot of people think that like I had been into golf for a long time. I really hadn't been. I mean, it was a few years ago and he's like, you got to go to the tournament. So I, uh, I went to this tournament and I asked him and I was like, if there was anybody that I could like heckle a little bit, like who would be the guy that you kind of heckle? <laughs> he said, without question, Bubba Watson, like that, that's your guy. So we went to the tournament. And of course, I was a little bit buzzed up, to say the least. <laughs> so, bit. you know, as guys are coming out, we're giving them like, you know, we call it heckling, but like I was giving them like positive encouragement and like kind of like heckling them in a way outside of Baba. Baba, like I was getting into a little <laughs> right, bit. Right. Um, and everybody's enjoying, everybody's laughing. The players were enjoying it and whatnot. And you got to walk a fine line with golf because, like, mm -hmm. you don't want to cross the line with it or Can't else they'll boot you. Yeah, be quiet too, right? you do. So, yeah. like, it's it's a weird. It's not like you're at a football game or a basketball game. It's mm -hmm. a little bit different. But um, we got home, and mind you, I was pretty banged up. To where once I got home and I sobered up, me and my buddy, <laughs> we started looking at the content that we had, and we were like, "Holy shit! Like, this is good. This is gold. This is, this is amazing. Real. And like that." You know, not many people had really seen that at a golf tournament like that be done. So then once we we popped it up, that was something that really, really popped the page. And then we kept doing it at, at more tournaments. But, yeah, that was something that, like, really kind of jump-started it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Bubba Watson, what's you guys' uh, relationship now? I tried to get him on the podcast. Really? Oh, and that would have been epic. I know. I really wanted him to get on bad. Um and it ended up not working out, but I but I tried and I, it oh, just yeah, oh, do, I yeah. gave it a go. Um, and again with the heckling, it's not like I was really like I wasn't I wasn't really going at him. I was taking some shots here and there, but most of the times with the players, it's more of like positive stuff that they really started to enjoy. So to watch the <laughs> players get behind that, yeah. they're supporting you, was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was really fire. cool. It really was. So you have two of your really good friends on the show with you. Yeah. Tell me about the impact that they have on you and being on the show. Like, How important is that to you? It's when Joe left his full-time job. Like when we had started Bob the Sports and, you know, we were able to make an offer for him to, for him to come full-time. He was working for Wolfgang Puck at the time. So mm. for this guy yeah. to be, I mean, Joe was, he would literally come film with me at seven in the morning and then go to a Michelin star restaurant that he was the GM at, get it put on a suit and then go to work for like 15 hours. So Joe's a dog. dog um, yeah, he, he really is. So when the time came for us to have him full time, obviously he was a little bit scared. It's like, you're going into something that it's not a normal job. Right. I mean, it's very different. His parents are old school too, and they're the best, but like they understandably. So like even with my parents, they didn't know what he was, you know, going into. And, um, it ended up working out. So to see like Joe, to see fat Perez take the time, like to be able to do this full time and watch yeah. them enjoy it the way that, that they are. 
it helps the show because we all get along so well. So organic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a dream for us. But to see them being able to do it full time with me, it's like you can't get anything better than that. It's no, the best. You just having your boys shooting the shit, having working fun. With your boys, it's the man. coolest, and we're such a close knit group that like right. when we're traveling, like. We all get along so well, and it's like we got to really we pinch ourselves a lot because it's like, do you believe this is our full time job? We still think like it's going to get taken from us at any point, yeah, like, like that we'll wake really up. Life. Yeah, that's, that's what insane. we were. That's what we were talking about with our guest yesterday, Face Swag. He's a gamer, and he has all his friends living in a house with him, gaming, streaming every day, and it's just like you know, you wake up and you're with your boys every day shooting the shit. Like that's a great life. Harvest is the coolest thing in the world, man. It really is. <laughs> I wish I could have that. I just work with this guy. I don't really no, like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dealing with this dude every fucking day. Dude, we were watching. What were we watching? We were watching the video that you guys put up during March Madness. He has the ball. Oh. He has the ball. <laughs> it is our ball, Joe. It, it is, is our ball. ball. It's not our ball. It's not our ball. It's our ball. No, it's not, Joe. It's our it's ball. ball. It's our ball. It's our ball. It's our ball. It's our ball. Yeah. I was laughing at that video for like 10 minutes. It like, was, <laughs> like, no, it's not it, our ball. It, it is. We were do it's funny because like we were doing like that stuff. So we were in my office at the four seasons at the time watching the March Madness and we were gambling <laughs> on it. And it's like there were so many things at the four seasons. Like the next day after that, and I posted it on on my Instagram. Yeah. The GM called me up to the office and I got written up for it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you're on the job doing yeah. that. Yeah. There were so many times where like, although I think me and Joe were really good at our, our job because we were able to put on like that hospitality Four Seasons face, but it's very like, you got to be like kind of by the book at the Four Seasons. Like mm -hmm. you got to say things, guests is always right and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So for us to be doing content behind it and all this <laughs> shit kind of going on, yeah. it was a really wild thing to be a part of because it was, it was very hard to separate the two because even yeah. our employees they knew what we were doing like they saw the instagram video so it's like <laughs> how do you bust an employee's balls for being late where the night before he sees me on my instagram at a party fucking around there yeah. you know what i mean i wanted to ask you about that like how strict is it in the like the you know the a-list hotel business like even getting into a job and situation like that like is it very selective like how does one yeah, it is. That's why, like, originally when I was in Miami, I had to be a doorman because in order to be a part of the front desk at, like, a luxury hotel like that, you have to have, like, two years front desk experience. Oh. So for me, it's like, man, instead of going to front desk, why don't I just at least get into the door there and then try and get into the front desk? Um, and that's just more so for, like, the four seasons of the world and, and whatnot. But, yeah, then, like, once you get in there, they really do train you really well as far as, like, same thing with four seasons, something that taught me, like, discipline, like... You have a guest screaming at you that you know is in the wrong. Like, you know the guest's wrong, and you got to be able to bite your tongue and, and shake your head and act like they're right. And That's crazy. It's tough, but, like, it, it teaches you discipline to where, like, to be able to bite your tongue. Yeah, and I think it's helped me, you know, down the road. Yeah. So um, your podcast is called Bob Does Sports. Yeah. Right? It's not really a lot of other sports. sports. <laughs> I know. Was I know. that planned or is that just something that ended up happening? People love you so much. Yeah, we kind of find it funny now because now it's kind of like a spoof that like it's Bob to sports, but all we play is it's golf. golf. Yeah. yeah. But what originally with Bob to sports, what it was meant to be is we were going to go to different stadiums and do kind of like man on the street type stuff. Like we would go to, we went to like Bill's Mafia, like a Bill's game, yeah. Ole Miss game, and we would like interview different fans coming in and like kind of document the overall experience um which was good the problem was 
you didn't really have control of what the fans would say. And like, we didn't feel in control of the content because you don't know how good the stuff is going to be. The interviews are going to be and whatnot. And it wasn't sustainable because like we couldn't go to a different venue every single week and pump out a video. We tried to do four videos a month. Mm. It wasn't sustainable to where golf, we're able to go out for 18 holes. We do one video on the front nine, one video on the back nine. We, We leave that day with two videos there to where we're able to pump it out. And the more we pumped golf content out, the more we realized like that's what was hitting. So that's what we just kept peppering them with. So it was just a consistency of I'm able to do this niche, like that one thing. Yeah. Like those videos are what was hitting the hardest. And then I think what people really enjoyed too, me and Joe were always like, well, we're not the best. We're like, we're terrible golfers. Like, are they (laughs) going to be, as it turns out, they, people like seeing the average Joe golf. You you know what I mean? I wouldn't say terrible, Jarvis, but I, I should be better than I am for how <laughs> how much I do it for a living now. To right, where right. I just can't figure it out. I am terrible. It's so hard, The attention man. to detail is crazy. It's, it's a brutal, brutal game. I tell you what, all my best friends are heavy into golf. Like, they have coaches. They go and they play every day. And I just... You know, I'm a basketball guy. Yeah. So I, I'll rather cross somebody up and take them to the basket than than. Sit. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just so difficult for me. Like it's I don't it. have the time. I feel like you have to put in a lot of hours to be like serviceable. Yeah. And one day, I mean, like one day, you think you have it figured out. You go out, you play a good round. You're like, I got it. Like I get it. You come back that next day, disaster. Like yeah. you just never know what you're gonna. It's 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 vicious, man. No two shots are the same. No. No. How do you get used to playing 18? I played nine the other day. I felt like I was going to die by the end of the day. I was so tired. It's it's a long... (laughs) That's a long haul. Yeah. Whereas, too, like, I'm not a big, like, I'm not a stickler about pace of play and moving fast. But at the same time, you do want to play with guys that somewhat move fast because it takes up your full day. Yep. I mean, by the time you leave to the course, by the time, you know, you play and you maybe go out to eat, get back, like, it's Five. a, it's a it's full like, day. Yes. To where you do got to move it, get it moving to some degree, but I've learned to just love it. So you're up early doing that. Yeah. You're not, you're not like, later in the day, always up early? Sometimes we play later. Um, but to be honest now, I'm so used to it. Like even like with us filming, we have it down pretty well now to where like, we know we go out, we do our intro, we knock it out. Mm. The camera guys know where to go and how to keep it flowing to where we're able to kind of get it cranking now. That's cool. That's dope. So early on in your content creator career, you were compared to Bob Menery a lot, but also think there's so many different, so, uh, so many different. Like, you guys are very different, right? Yeah. Like, you're in your own space. Like, how important is it to have your own niche being a content creator? Because a lot of people are the same, but you guys are all different. Like, how important is that to have your own niche doing what you're doing? I think it's huge, man. I really do. Like, even because now, too, like, if you look now more than ever, there's more content creators now than there's ever been. Mm -hmm. And even us for, like, YouTube golf with how big YouTube golf and stuff is getting, you have a different channel coming in every single day and different players in the game. So, like, for us to be able to have our own niche and, like, for people to see our channel and have it diff- you know, be different from other channels is huge because there's so many options out there. Um, and then even for me with Brilliantly Dumb to where like Bob does sports, I want it to be its own thing, Brilliantly Dumb with like a different approach to it. And, um, you know, I've been doing it a while now, especially with Brilliantly Dumb, that it just kind of comes natural to me. And then I just kind of let the rest take care of itself. Right. But I think it's the best because... Like you're not faking. It's just you. Yeah, that's like, just you. It's just you. I know. Like, you don't have to put it on a front or facade. Like this is me every day. <laughs> that's how you are every day. And people like 
say, is that his real voice? Like, does he actually sound I get like that? that all like, the time. Yeah, yeah bro. Like, yeah, he like, really yeah. does sound like that. Like, I was literally with him every day during COVID. COVID. Yeah. This guy sounds like that's how he is. Like, it's amazing, too, because, like, for us, that's why, like, we realize, like, that's why it doesn't feel like work, because it's just like, we're just being us. Like, mm -hmm. there's no, and even, you know, people see on the camera of Bob Does Sports, when we all go back to the Airbnb, it's the same shit. I mean, it's not like it's not us on the golf course, but it's the same banter. It's the same cuts is always going to be cuts. Perez right. is always going to be like nothing changes, you know? Right. That's the best. Yeah, it so is. Literally, the cameras are just off. This is how we are just all the time. This, the, yeah. All the time. All that's, the time. That's hilarious. So, so I need to know your range of emotions during the Masters. Like, I know you're not super fond of Brooks, right? And I'm a big Brooks guy. Like, Brooks is my dog. Yeah. But I also know John Rahm is your guy. Yes. Right? So, it's like, he double bogeys immediately. And Brooks is in the lead. You know, he has a pretty decent lead. So, I know, like, you had to have been like, shit. And then John kind of walks him down. And you're like, that's your guy. So, I know, like, you're probably going crazy. I need to know your range of emotions during that. Joe, so before the, the final round of the Masters, Joe called me because he wanted to bet on it, of course. And mm -hmm. I was like, honestly, like, usually I would always bet the Masters. Like, no matter what. Like, you got to bet the Masters. I wanted John Rahm to win so bad that I said to him, Joe, it doesn't matter what money I put on it. Right. I already have enough invested into John Rahm <laughs> winning this round that I, I don't even need to bet it. So watching that all take place and watching that all go down, um, it, it was wild and I couldn't be happier to see Rom pull that out. I like, I didn't need any juice on it. Cause to me there was enough juice There's already enough. You know what I mean? Like if right. you guys are watching Saquon, you don't need to bet on the giants. Like you got enough nah. juice on it to right. where like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need to bet it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're do you right. bet? A, do you, how often do you bet on golf? A lot. A lot. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> With that being said, I yeah. do need the juice there. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. I, I bet on a lot. It makes it so fun. Like when we're all together, when our friends are all together, like watching a golf, well, golf has turned into one of my favorite things to bet on. Me too. Yeah. I, I haven't been betting, but I've been watching golf so much it's more. So much fun, man. I have a blast. I think NFL, of course, is the number one. You can't, yeah. you can't beat NFL. It's number one. Golf to me has slowly crept its way into number two. You just learn to appreciate like how laser focused these guys got to be because one putt is the difference between par and bogey. It's, it's like, amazing. And it's only a couple of like inches. Like it's also too, like you think about like with the live crowds and, and stuff like with how much pressure is on them and on each shot to where mm -hmm. like. We did a uh, we did a thing for golf channels, our first time ever doing TV, and it was awesome. And they had this par three that we were playing and we were hosting, and there's all these fans around us and whatnot. And they did like a celebrity shot, so the players are the ones actually playing, but they were gonna have us do a celebrity shot to mm -hmm. come in. So I go to do mine, and I'm I'm standing over the ball, and everybody's chanting my name, and there's people That's all so across. And I'm standing over the ball, and I said, there's no way I hit a good shot. That's like, crazy. There's no way I'm going to hit a good shot right now. Just so nerve-wracking. I sent the ball into the stands, and <laughs> to watch all these people just clear and just scatter to avoid the ball hitting them, it was one of the most frightening things I've ever been a you part realize, of. You realize, like, damn, these guys have to do this every hole, every shot, every time. It's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it makes you appreciate what they're able to do. It's insane. Yeah, with millions on the line. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, when you said you bet on it, someone who analyzes golf a lot, like, 
the top golfers, like, how do you know who to bet on, who not to bet on? Because everyone is so elite. Like, it's not like basketball. You may, uh, this guy, this matchup, I like this guy. Like, golf, I feel like yeah. anyone can have a day. Nobody ever knows. You know, <laughs> you, you, you really don't. And, like, the good thing with the golf is there's so many players in the field that the odds you get, like, you could put $100 on John Rahm, who's the top guy in the game before the Masters, and you win 850 because there's so yeah. many games. So the odds are the best. Um but the house always wins. The house always wins. Every single time. Even NFL. Like, I think there's some people that have an idea what would be better. Those guys know better than anybody that, mm -hmm. that put out the spreads what it's going to be. Right. House always wins. It, yeah. There's, there's really I'm just no so I'm just Vegas. so stupid. I just bet on Tiger every time because I like Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because he's black and I support him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because he's black. I don't know. I always you bet know, on you Tiger. Just, you never get Like, Joe. Joe will always say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm up big last week. I was like, oh, yeah. What did you do the week before that? Right. You right. know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's always going to catch. You're always going right. to So how does it feel being like a national icon in like the golf world? Like I was golfing with him the other day and we're out there getting nine holes in it and someone brings your name up. I'm like, holy shit. Like I'm all the way in Connecticut. You're on LA. Like yeah. you're just a national figure in like in the golf world and like what you do in the content that you, in the content that you create. Like, how does that feel? It's to be honest with you, Jarvis, it's crazy. Cause like, I mean, we were all were together, even like COVID, like when I was starting it, which is cool. And I remember me and you even talking and yep. we were having a deep talk about like where I, where I wanted it to go and where I was going to take it. And it, if you would have told me years ago that golf would be like what I'm doing full time, I would have said no way, never. Um, but now that it's turned into what it is, it it's, it's pretty surreal, man. Like even for my parents Sorry. to see it and, um, I was at the UFC fights with my dad in Las Vegas and for him to see like the different fan interactions that's, and stuff. It really is. It 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 hits hard yeah. and um to be completely honest with you, I know it's easy for me to say cuz we're we're so young into it, but I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. I I really don't think there'll ever be a time where I get tired um of it and then our whole crew is just very uh, appreciative of it and whatnot and um it's crazy, man. It did really you, is. Did you expect to be like that nationally? You know, like you said, when we were COVID, we were talking about, man, I remember we had a heart Three to heart, man. Yeah. yeah. We were talking like, Jarv, like, I got this plan. I want to do this. And like, now you're living in and doing it. Like, did you, you knew that? Like, did you have a plan of like how you wanted to go about that? And you knew this was going to happen? I'll be honest with you. I, I never, I didn't know what it would, what exactly it would be in. Like, I, I never knew that it would be in golf or, but I really did feel like, from the content that I was putting out, I felt like there was something different in me, the way that I was seeing certain things. Again, dumb as a rock academically, but when it came to just um, people and understanding and different delivery and in the videos that I would post, I really did believe that at some point it would break through yeah. one or the other. And it took a while, but yeah, it's... It's well, wild. Well, I'm proud of you, man. Because you, yeah, you're man. living and doing yeah. it now, It's dope bro. to see all that come to fruition, you know? Like, cool. we were talking about just so many different things. Like, I remember you and Cuz talking about stuff. Like, Jarvis told me the conversation you guys had. And I'm like, it's three years later. I'm looking back, and I'm like, he did it. It's crazy, like, man. Like, everything he talked about, he did it. Manifested yeah. that shit right into reality. Thank you. No, yeah. for real, dope, man. It's dope to see. Um, so, I heard through the grapevine, right? about a story at Chick-fil-A where you ran out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Yeah. Can yeah. you please tell us about that story? True story. I ran, I was in the drive-thru and I knew my gas was really low and there was a time where I went to Chick-fil-A outside of Sunday. I would hit Chick-fil-A just about every single day. It's amazing, isn't it? It's the best. It's by far the best. 
So I ended up, I was in the drive-thru and all of a sudden my car just like stalls out. I thought there was something wrong with the car and then I realized I'm an idiot. I don't have enough gas. So the guy who came by to take the order came by and his name was Johnny. And I said, Johnny, I don't know what to do. A like worker. maybe, yeah, one of the Chick-fil-A workers. And um, he goes, hang right there. And he gets another person that was working at the drive-thru to cover for him. This guy just books it. He's like, do you have any cash? I was like, yeah, I got cash. So I handed him cash. This guy beelines it across the street over to an Exxon Mobil, gets a canteen, fills it on up, brings it over. Mind you, I'm just watching the whole time. I have no idea. I just couldn't believe that he's doing this. Came back in, put like $5 of the canteen in there, got my Chick-fil-A and, and, and headed they on They must that. hire the nicest like, people. Like, how do they find these it's guys? It's absolutely insane. To where I honestly wonder, and I don't know the answer, they have to, whether they get paid more or... Got to be something. Some incentive something. for being so or nice. Or the training process that they do. It's like, to me, it's, it's a lot of like, from what they do, it's a lot of the four season stuff to where they kind of, and this will sound in a bad way, but it's really not. They kind of brainwash you into service and like what to say and how to say it. Those guys are unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's, and it's nationwide. <laughs> like every Chick Fil A you go Chick to, they're so nice. They never drop the ball. They it's, never drop. Like what's what's the thing they gotta say? Um, at the end of what they give you your order, my pleasure, my pl your pleasure, my pleasure, something like that. It's, yeah, it's, I never knew that. It's absolutely. If you ever pay attention, you go. They always have to say that. And if you catch them, remember like those viral videos? They try to catch them. If they don't say it, you get like a free meal or something yeah, like that. It's, really? It's yeah. A, and you would think that they would have some bad eggs here and there, right. and they would get like a couple assholes here and there. <laughs> I am yet to run into one bad Chick Fil A employee. Even Just the like, guys cooking in the back are nice. They're all over it. It's it's unbelievable. Like, that yeah. being said, you're from Jersey. Yes. And the East Coast, like I, in my opinion, no bias. I think the East Coast has better food than the West Coast. What do you think? No doubt about it. No doubt? No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, the thing with the West Coast, like LA, like there's so many different options and different cuisines, which is great. So you have a lot of options to choose from. East Coast trumps all. You could go anywhere to go any corner, get a good slice of pizza to where I miss that about the East Coast more than anything. Especially sure. Jersey. I think Jersey has the best... Jersey's number, yeah, yeah Jersey's, Jersey's number got, one. Jersey's got to be You'll number one. You'll be back one. on the East Coast uh, soon, though. Huh? I know. That, You'll be that's, back soon. Trust me, I got the food in mind, that's for sure. <laughs> Already, bro. So if you had to describe your life in one word or phrase, you could pick a word or phrase, what would you say up until this point? Wow. Um, man. Um, whew. Take your time. This. <laughs> probably going to sound boring but it's just fun man like we we've always always just had fun in whatever we were doing and made the most out of whatever we were doing like highs and lows like it, it's uh, we have such a good crew around us that even from the time that I was kid friends and whatnot I just was always having a fun time and smiling and I just I look at things I try and look at things as a half glass full you know, all the time and not to say that there hasn't been shitty times because there definitely has. But every step of the way, I was just always having a blast. I really, really was. That's so important because like nowadays, especially in like this generation, a lot of people do things that they don't love. Like they do things that they don't like for other people's approval and things like that. So like hearing that from you, I hope it helps a lot of people say like, hey, I don't really like what I'm doing. I'm going to do this because... I feel like it's better. Like, you know, like the fact that you said 
your life has just been fun means that you've enjoyed it. You know, like yeah, you don't really want to live your life, go through your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties. Now you're 60 years old and you're like, damn, I didn't have any fun. I didn't enjoy my life. You yeah. know, like you said, it's, it's simple, but it, it really isn't like some people don't, <laughs> yeah. don't understand that, that concept. I think that's dope to hear. Yeah. Even like, you know, even when I was in the hotel, even though I knew it, like, you know, and I, I knew it wasn't my end goal or I wanted to be like, I was still enjoying it. I was still having a lot of fun and having able fun. to look at it as like, yeah, I was still able to look at it in the sense of like, I'm still young. Like I'm still climbing to where I want to be. Like I'm still, although it might not feel like it, I'm still doing it the right way and it's going to happen. And I just, I always, uh, again, I just always looked at things from half glass full. And again, not to say that there hasn't been shitty times because there've been some rough times to say the least, but, um, yeah, I always feel like it was always going to work out. And that's why I wanted to ask you when you were talking about having fun. And like I said, going back to when we were talking, you know, COVID during that time and process. Like, was there ever a time where you just like, you know, you're shaky, didn't know if this was going to work out. Like you're having fun, but you're just like, fuck, like, I don't know. Yeah, when we so the company before I went to doing things media and started Bob Does Sports, when I first left the hotel, we had been putting out video after video after video that just wasn't hitting. And we were traveling, we were doing this man on the street stuff. And you have a, um, you know, you're doing all of this stuff that you're you're hoping is going to work out. And then you're thinking to myself, like, there was times where I thought about like, holy shit, like, I might have to go back to the hotel. And like, I can't like once right. you get the taste of what you want to do it's like fight or flight mode to where like you, I, I was like, I cannot go back to the hotel and not even that I disliked the hotel, but I had already gotten a taste of where I wanted to be. So that time definitely was very, very nerve wracking. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you're having fun now. Having a ball, having, fun having now. an absolute ball. That's James. all that matters. I really am, man. Um, so this is a staple question that we always ask in this, you know, this is our closing question. Um, this show is called the second win, right? So when people watch this show, we want them to take away something from our guests. Like I never want anyone to watch this and be like, I didn't get anything from that. Right. So what, you know, what advice can you give to someone that wants to be a content creator or, you know, so just normal advice for someone in everyday life that maybe doesn't want to be a content creator, like something that's always stayed with you. Yeah, the biggest thing for me, my dad always said it to me, and I think it's so true, is he always said, never get too high, never get too low. When the good times are going good, enjoy it and embrace it, but just know that at any moment it can come back to those bad times. When the bad times hit, soak it in, understand why it's a bad time, and then when you get back to the good times, you can appreciate the shitty times that you're having. And um, for me, something that I see now, like with a lot of people putting out content, is so many people start putting something out and then they're not getting the results that they like and then they're done. I mean, like it's podcast after podcast that I see keep firing. I mean, even for us, we had been doing Brilliantly Dumb Show for years and years before it really got any traction. So stay consistent, never get too high, never get too low. The cream rises to the top, baby. And that's scary, man. You know, you're posting all that content, not getting the you know, it's not hitting how you want. And it's, I feel like it's easy to quit in those situations. For sure. Yeah, I see. It's like a new, you know, we always talk about like there's all these new podcasts that come out and we, we watch a lot of them and like we just know that sometimes it's just like so many things stop and start. And mind you, other things get in the way for sure, no doubt about it. But like just keep firing it out content after content after content and eventually it'll pop. No, yes, sir, real. man. But, you know, we want to tell you we appreciate you getting on here, Robbie. Like, we know you're busy, but we know you're profound and we know you're going to give some great answers. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to, you know, 
be able to take that and go run with it with their lives. So I want to tell you, we appreciate you getting on here, man. Of course. Always I appreciate you. We're proud of you for where you, you know, where you. you got to. Um, for anyone watching, tell your friend to tell a friend to like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. Go tell your grandma. Go tell your great aunt. Go tell your little cousin. Go tell their pet fish, their pet cat. Second win. Family, we're out. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Of course.